This is an I Am Listening exclusive podcast. They know what steps need to be taken. They need to be done now. It's not some future plan. It needs to be taken on now. And it needs to be taken seriously. And it needs to be funded correctly. Because we have no idea what is, what is around the corner for us. Because this experience is not something that's ever been experienced by humankind. Ever on any kind of scale that's related to this. Hello and welcome to this Tread Lightly podcast from us at the Rainham Eco Hub. My name is Kaylee and I'm Liz and this podcast is where we delve a little bit deeper into those conversations with local everyday heroes that are doing small and impactful changes. We hope that you get as much out of this as me and Liz do and that you also laugh just as much too. Today we get to speak to Steph Clark, the head girl from Rain and Mark Grammar School. She founded and headed up the school's eco club. She was a key speaker at Raynham's Big Green Day in 2023. And her work as the eco lead has also won her the Young Green Hero Award in the Raynham Community Awards 2023 category. We are so excited that she is able to come and talk to us about all of the things that she cares about and the things that she dreams will be able to be achieved by people coming together and working together. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast with the Rainham Eco Hub, where this week we are joined by a guest speaker called Stephanie from Rainham Mark Grammar School. I am dead excited for this one. How are you, Steph? I am very, very excited to be on here. This is one of your first episodes, am I right? Yeah, this is like part of our first series. And so Liz and I are going to have a bit of a chat with you, find out about a little bit about you and kind of where you're at. Um, so... Yes, tell us, tell us, Steph, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so I've always been interested in the environment and nature. I've actually like always had a subscription to the Count Wildlife magazine, but really, and like the sort of action, me thinking about taking action was about last year after I'd done my GCSEs. Uh, you probably remember the wildfires were raging this time last year, and it's a pretty scary time to be a young person. And it was about this time as well that I read this book called Diary of a Young Naturalist, and it's by Dora McAnulty. And he actually wrote it when he was about 16, 17. And um, it sort of follows his journey through camp from the environment as a neurodiverse teen which was really, really interesting, obviously extremely inspiring. And for him to take that leap and start like his own eco club at his school, where he was absolutely terrified, um, really inspired me to make that leap myself. And yeah, so November last year was our first eco club meeting here at RMGS, led by me, which is very exciting. We loved it. We uh, did we come along to your second one? You came along to the second one. Yes, you did. Oh, and tell us a bit more about the the team that you've got there. So I, I take it you've got kind of sim- people who are in a similar position to you, kind of other young people at Rain and Mark. Tell us about Yes. That. So it was actually um, very interesting because about three years ago, there was the closest thing that came to an environmental group was the gardening club, which was lovely and everything. But I was the only uh, person who ended up going <laughs> and I was convinced like one or two other people to go, but it just, it didn't really take off. It didn't hit the spot, do you think, in terms of... Yeah, I think for sure about that, but also 
I think it's to do with it being student-led as well. Back in November, when I first started out, like I made the signs myself. Um, I put them up with other students and advertised it in the student bulletin. And really, I think it felt a bit more relatable. Uh, so like other students became a lot more interested in it because it was more student-led. So it felt more relatable to them. But yeah, it's been really, really great to see like the number of people actually come together because I remember on that first meeting I was absolutely terrified I thought the night was going to come but on that first meeting I think there were probably about 15 of us we were grabbing chairs from all over the place but the <laughs> couldn't get a seat could you no it was absolutely amazing and to be honest I think that's one of the things like with this whole like topic of the environment it's about people wanting to do something like wanting to take action but not really knowing how to or what steps you can take because it is such a huge crisis and such an on such an international global scale that it feels like on the individual scale there's not actually that much you can do obviously that isn't really true because everyone working together as a collective of individuals has great capacity to change things so it's been really fulfilling seeing everyone come together in that way and what has it taught you like so needing this group now where you thought you were going to rock up and you wasn't going to have that many people to now you've got your steady team of people that just get it they understand they kind of support and cheerlead each other what has it taught you kind of like that you didn't know before. It has absolutely taught me so, so, so much. Starting off with that first meeting, of course, but even before then, like sort of psyching yourself up, um, like making the signs and putting yourself out there and then realizing that it can actually work out, like being scared, but then seeing that it works out and learning from that in itself, seeing that there are people out there who want to join you and they want to support you. And before then, really, um, that thing of coming together and seeing that you have the power to change things. Like, uh, I think it was in year seven, eight and nine, I was part of the hashtag Fridays for Future movement. So they love the uh, Friday, the Friday strikes, which in itself was, it wasn't really leadership and such because I was a lot younger and other people were leading that. Other young people were organising those, those strikes and those protests. But seeing that it's possible and then trying to follow that through, it makes you, it does make you feel more fulfilled and less concerned, mainly less concerned about things because you're changing things that are within your control to change. And do you think as well, you've kind of, you've found a, a gang of people that, that care as well? Do you think, has that has that been important to you, kind of knowing that there's more than just you? Well, it's what? been really, yeah, no, it's been really, really important. I mean, climate anxiety among young people is a huge problem. So many people that I've spoken to, when you sort of ask them about it, it's up there with anxieties that young people have these days um, and for a good reason obviously so coming together and sharing ideas and knowing that together you can actually change things really is a tonic for a mind which is very fraught with sort of existential dread about the environment that's so good can i go back just a little bit because you spoke about the uh was it called strike for friday movement yes hashtag fridays for future so tell me about your involvement in that how did you get involved in that what did that look like for you so really it was i got involved in it because i heard i heard about it on the news um, obviously, Greta, Greta's striking got a lot of media attention. And at that point, there wasn't really much of an environmental base at RGS, So I was actually the only one who did that. I would, I did it with my sister as well at that point. So I, I did one in Rochester. There was 
a few people in Rochester, very, very small group, and then a few in Canterbury. And those ones were really big. We actually got in the Kent Messenger with those ones, which was amazing. But then, of course, it was COVID. So the Fridays for Future strikes, I know in, in Kent, definitely sort of slowed down a bit. There hasn't really been a, a big young people strike in a while but of course there's been the the general strikes the extinction rebellion earth day protests all of that so that is also including young people of course so going on those those protests has been really a very informative experience seeing that there is huge groups of young people willing to come together and miss out on their education like we had to catch up on those those lessons and stuff but willing to make that sacrifice to come together and have that experience how important it was yeah it's amazing we went earlier in the year to one of the protests in london and the representation of young people there was really inspiring there was kind of groups from all over the place but you could tell that the young people's voice was was really loud where do you kind of see young people on a kind of bigger political scale in terms of their messaging and being heard when the leaders of the world are kind of as an on an average i think aged 62 or 68 how do the young people get their voices heard it's really very frustrating because for us as young people the environmental crisis should be the top of the priority list um, but unfortunately, it. I think for older generations, they, they don't really see it in the same light. They don't see it as such an urgent thing. And definitely with some of our leaders today and sort of thinking more in the short term, short term gains rather than the long term, which is going to affect our generation and the generations after us. So it's very frustrating to see that sort of our passion for the environment is not really being taken further or taken seriously even from the news this week. I know that Rishi Sunak was trying to sort of change the ple- green pledges once once again. And it's just, it shouldn't even be happening. It's the same with HS2. We need to sort of sort out our priorities. The reality is, is that the climate experts and the climate scientists and the politicians and the people who write the legislature, they know what needs to be done. They know what steps need to be taken. And the reality is now is that we just need to realise they need to be done now. It's not some future plan. It needs to be taken on now and it needs to be taken seriously and it needs to be funded correctly because we have no idea what is, what is around the corner for us because this experience is not something that's ever been experienced by humankind ever on any kind of scale that's related to this. Do you want to live more sustainably but you just don't know where to start? Did you, like me, sign up for Veganuary and accidentally buy chicken sausages on day two? Does the whole eco thing leave you feeling confused and sometimes overwhelmed? If so, this is the podcast for you. Remember to check us out on our socials on Facebook and Instagram, The Rainham Eco Hub. You have got, Steph, such a an amazing gift of being able to understand such a huge, massive issue and yet explain it in a way that is so accessible. And I think we, um, everybody was like cheering you on when you come and did a stand for Big Green Day um, in Raynham and everyone was saying, Steph for PM, Steph for PM. And I absolutely 100% agree with them. You have got You've got such a wonderful gift of being able to do what you do. You speak so, so well. Um, and I guess it's because you're so passionate about it and that actually you, you're you passionate about sharing that message with other people. And I just, our GMS are so blessed to have you. And I think that kind of leads us on to the question of you're there. Tell me some of the stuff that you are doing in your school 
as part of your team, like what are you doing? What's your actiony stuff that you're doing to tackle some of uh, the environmental stuff that you see locally? Okay, so as I said before, we had our first meeting back in November, um, November 11th, I think it was. Um, and then obviously in the winter, we're sort of trying to get the ball rolling, working out who we need to talk to you about getting these ideas and translating them into action. Um, but since then, all that sort of brainstorming has you know, resulted in a few projects which are currently underway. We sort of realised as well as we've been going through this that everything takes a lot longer to organise um, than you may first anticipate. So we've been very busy. But one of the um, things that we have been trying to resolve is the litter issue around school. Um, we're sort of realising that it's more of a mindset change that needs to happen. But one of the things that we are doing to try and tackle that is we set up this initiative called the Litter Critter Crew. So it's sort of branching off from the Eco Club because it's run by a few of the prefects and six formers who are in Eco Club. Um, but it's a three time a week thing during form time. So before the school day starts really, 8.40 till nine. And uh, we go out, go around the school, picking up the litter, and there's reward points in it for students who attend as well. But it's been it's been really good because it's been well attended, um, and of course it has had a bit of a tangible impact. Although that is is still a very big problem. Following on from that as well, we're trying to set up this ugly mug scheme, which has taken taken a while. We're still in the process actually. So we've had to make a lot of negotiations with the school canteen about how it's going to work, um, advertising the project, getting the donations for the mugs. But in the end, we have we've got a lot of ugly mugs, and the current sort of plan for that is um, students are going to have like a loyalty card sort of thing for the ugly mugs. So every time they ask for an ugly mug, or they like bring a thermos to school, and then they use that for their hot drink. They do that six times, they get a stamp each time and then they get their seventh drink free. So, so good. So we'll see how that turns out. That will be hopefully being rolled out in September. Um, it's taken a while to get that one underway. And one of the very exciting ones actually, which is quite a big one as well, is the Uniform Bank. So we're still trying to sort of work out the logistics of how the Uniform Bank is going to work. but. Took a lot of time again to advertise the project. We had lots of meetings, making signs, putting signs up around the school. There's something in the student bulletin, which I write every every week, has a little advertisement for the Uniform Bank. And it's been really, really great to see everyone sort of come together on this one. We've had loads and loads of donations. Working together with sort of other community projects as well, like N NCT, I think the charity is. Um, they use some of the rails at our school for their um, sharing, I think it's their, their closing event in October yeah. and yeah. March time. But we're sharing the rails with them and a few of their coat hangers as well, which is it's great. Like, it, as you said earlier on, it's just bringing these community projects together. Um, but hopefully with the Uniform Bank, we'll be going off sort of doing suggested donations um, for items of clothing they'll be free if you don't want to donate anything but we're trying to establish a green fund so the money that comes from suggested donations goes into the green fund which will help fund environmental initiatives at school and actually the other week we went down to Tennessee and uh, we visited their uniform bank uniform shop it's kind of a bit of a mixture of the two um, which was amazing. And they actually have the setup which we're aspiring to their green fund. Wow. 
Um, so that's been very, very exciting. And then a smaller one, um, which we've been doing pretty much since I think December time, is pen recycling. Because so obviously we're a huge institution. Um, all students, most teachers using pens. And um, so it's just sort of a quick win, that one. Pen recycling boxes are actually called poster pen points. All dotted around the school. Uh, took a few meetings to make those, but it's been really great having those around school, watching them fill up. Um, but yeah, so those are a few. The one that we've been doing most recently, though, which arguably for me has been the most gratifying, is doing the school garden. So as I said before, with gardening club, that was so while back now, that was three years ago. And they actually renovated the garden right, with a lot of new raised beds um, and making it into a nice new layout. But then the teacher who was organizing it, she left. So it all became extremely overgrown. So since April, we've been in there sometimes twice a week as well. We've been having meetings twice a week in the school garden. Initially, it was very, very hard work because it was basically just intensive weeding, getting all the nettles out of the raised beds. We have left like a little bit of it for like a little bit of wilderness um, for the butterflies. But in there, we've been growing courgettes, rudder beans, French beans, cosmos, poppies, strawberries, tomatoes, parsley, catnip, sweet peas, um, and that's just to name a few as well. So it's been really great because teachers and students alike have sort of popped in during those sessions and actually seen what we're doing. Whereas like when you're upstairs and you're sort of in a room and you're all sitting around the table and that's great and you're coming up with ideas, but it's not really like very public. Whereas when you're in the garden and everyone can see what you're doing, um, it's it's a bit more public. So people come by and see what you're doing and want to get involved because they see that it's actually fun and very fulfilling and a nice thing to do is to get out in the sunshine in term six. Um, and the other week, actually, during charity week, uh, we got asked to have a little stall because Kent Wildlife Trust, who were raising money for, they couldn't come and have a stall. I'm not really sure why, but they couldn't come and have a stall. So instead, Eco Club was asked to run the stall. And um, we raised some money for the Green Fund, doing courgettes and parsley and beans and a few strawberries for more nations. And we raised £14.29, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's all sensitive. <laughs> relative to um, charity week it was it was quite a lot so very 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 happy with that yeah so those are the things that we've been doing this year obviously there's been some community events as well like the anti-idling workshop i know that was a that was a school local schools one but also random eco hub event competition that was really really great to join them with so I mean, these things have been facilitated by you guys. So a huge, huge thank you for that. We did the two big green days. We didn't go as a club to the first big green day because we'd only just been set up. But for the second one, that was so, so great to be able to share what we've been doing and get involved and meet new people. And yeah, we've been working towards the Eco Schools Award. We've seen the results of that hopefully quite soon. Um, and the Big Schools Birdwatch back in February just as a, a little thing to get people out after school, counseling the wildlife, getting involved. But yeah. So the that's... impact you guys are, is unbelievable. It's such a short space of time. You should all be really proud of yourself. Like just unbelievable listening to you and amazing that your school have been so good to support and enable. hundred percent. Shout out to um, our head of canteen, Miss Wallace. Shout out to SLT for being so supportive and a big shout out 
to Terry, our site manager, who has been so helpful every single step of the way. Oh. We would not have been able to get where we are now without his help. I know Terry, the site manager. He is an absolute dude. He is. We love Terry. Make sure we get Terry listening to this podcast. No matter. Yes. What. Yes. I'll paint it on. Thank you, Steph. You've been amazing. Kaylee, have you got anything to add? I'm just blown away, really. And I just wish I had a school and teachers like you have now to encourage you and empower you and cheer you on because I guess all of the stuff that you're doing is absolutely amazing and probably wouldn't be possible without them kind of giving you the free reign to kind of get on and do it and and look how much you've done in such a short amount of time. You may as well just come and run the Vaynermico Hub because I feel like you'd sort out the whole of Raynham <laughs> in about a year. So you guys Steph, do a great job. You can be and you can be our manager, please. Steph can be our manager. We'll put out to advert by the end of the. When, when do you leave next year? Have you got a year left next year? <laughs> and then side hustle. She can do as a side hustle, Kaylee. I can't wait a year for her. When? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us your lunch break. Honestly, it has been such a joy to hear everything about you. And we can't wait to come in and see you again, maybe in the next academic term. So oh, thank you so much. It's been a great opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Raynham Eco Hub's Tread Lightly podcast. If like us, you're trying to be more sustainable, then like and subscribe to get notified when we release new episodes or even better, share with your friends and family. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and thank you for joining us. Stay safe, keep going and find us on socials. Cheers, guys. This has been an I Am Listening exclusive podcast. For more information, head over to our website, iam-listening.co.uk.